Hey there everybody, it's Amber Simpson and this is the Sacred Spaces Podcast. This is a place where we discuss ways to create spaces of trust and depth around God's word so we can experience being seen, known, and loved by God and others. We will cover principles to give you tools in your personal relationships with a focus on leading deeply connected small groups with confidence and joy. I'm so glad you're here, so let's get on with the podcast. Today, I have a special treat for y'all. Melissa Myers is joining me from North Carolina. After decades in the world of women's ministry, Melissa is now investing her time writing curriculum for Entrust and doing faith-based coaching for women of all ages and stages. You'll want to check that out in the show notes. In today's episode, Melissa and I discuss the importance of creating a safe space in our group and we break that down into practical steps for y'all. We talk about ways facilitating is unique from teaching and how learning and practicing new skills can actually quiet our emotions, build our confidence, and create space to listen to the Holy Spirit while we are in relationship and in small groups. Melissa shares gut-level honesty about her preconceptions about getting trained and how tasting a facilitated group was a game-changer for her. So thanks for joining us for part one of two episodes with me and Melissa. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for coming back today. We are here with my good friend, Melissa Myers from North Carolina, and we are going to sit and have a chat about small groups, why they're important, why we facilitate them instead of teach them. And uh, we're just going to have a a fun conversation um, chatting about how to grow as a facilitator and how to um, develop this art and science of felicit- this art and science of facilitating. So, hey there, Melissa. Hey, Amber. How are Great you? To see- I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day today. Oh, I love the sunshine and the coolness. I was out in this morning and it was like 30 some degrees, but the sun was out and it's gorgeous. And now it's going to be like 50 and lovely. So this is like, this is my sweet spot season. Uh, absolutely. And all the blossoms are coming out. It's gorgeous. Totally. My son is dying, but, <laughs> um, you know, the rest of us are just enjoying life and enjoying the spring. So that's, that's just what it is right now. Love it. Yeah. So, Melissa, you and I are Entrust colleagues. We both are facilitators for the Women's Ministry Four modules. And I think, okay, so we met when you came to Virginia to facilitate one of the modules for us. Is that right? That that is absolutely right. Yeah. I kind of remember you saving my skin that time, you know? I think I was like starting to go under and they're like, you know what? We'll send Melissa. I was like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. I remember remember it well. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. It was great. And then we got to go facilitate in Switzerland together. We sure did. Yeah. And then you almost died. I did. And so (laughs) (laughs) I did. That was quite the adventure to be deathly sick in the middle of the Alps somewhere. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. The air was very thin up there. Yes. 
it was. Yeah. And I was very sick. You were, you were. But God came through, you lived to tell the tale. And um, so, but now you, okay, so you're still within trust, you're facilitating with us That's and correct. you're, you're, but you're going through some changes uh, professionally. Do you want to share some of those with us? Sure. So after spending 20 years working in a local church, doing women's ministries, which I absolutely loved, I sensed that the Lord was leading me to something new. And wow! since I'm getting a little bit older, I figured it was um, time for me to do some new things and keep growing and learning and sharing what I've learned. And so, yeah, I'm getting ready to step into doing some coaching, some faith-based coaching. And I think nowadays women in particular could really mm -hmm. use coaching um, in their lives, especially when they're in a place in their life where they just want to know more about what God is calling them to do and what they're gifted to do and how they should be spending their time and what's important to them. And so I am excited about that next phase of my life. And then I'm also going to be involved with writing new curriculum for Entrust. Yay. 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 <laughs> Love that. Super excited about that. So are we. So are <laughs> we. My one word when you said, when you were sharing is courageous. I just think after 20 years at, at the church, um, working in women's ministry, how courageous is this for you to be stepping into something new and exciting and following God's lead in that. And so, um, and I love it that I get to uh, be part of that in some, in some small ways. And so, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited to see how you blossom and, and your influence and God's influence through you spreads and really comes alongside other women and really I love that phrase. And I just want to pull it out an equal partner in learning. Yes. Yes. Because it's, it's about like for every woman to feel like she has a voice in the conversation, in the learning process where she can ask questions, which is vulnerable. Um, if you don't understand or you don't agree um, or she can, share her deepest concerns or thoughts and, um, and really just engage into the dialogue versus engaging into a back and forth, um, are almost argument these days, it feels like, you know, um, but that they can, they can come together and really find their voice and share, um, in that learning process. Right. So, and I also, I, I just couldn't agree with, with what you said, Amber, more. Mm -hmm. And I, I also think that the person who doesn't know anything about scripture or the person who is, yeah. is a brand new um, learner mm -hmm. in the whole process, they have incredible yeah. insight and they have good questions and oh good goodness, unique yes. perspectives that we all need to hear. So no matter who we are, we can learn from right. each other through the process, but that's not going to happen if people don't feel safe with one another. So much. Yeah. Okay. So that just begs the question, like, what are some things we can do to make that environment safe? Well, I think one of the most important things you can do is 
when you first gather as a group, and I don't care if mm-hmm. it's the first time you've ever seen anyone's face, or if you're meeting mm-hmm. with a group of women that you've that you've known your whole entire life, there needs to be a conversation centered around this question of what kind of an atmosphere, what kind of an environment will make you feel safe and secure as we gather together and study God's word or this book that we're going to be reading, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it just needs to be an open dialogue. And then after you've been able to brainstorm some things that make you feel safe, that the group Mm -hmm. themselves are coming up with, not you as the facilitator are laying down the law with it. Then there needs to be a conversation about, can we all agree um, to these Mm -hmm. things that we have decided together are important? And some of the Mm -hmm. things that are said might have to be a little bit of a, uh, of a give and take for everyone, but if we can compromise and come together for the sake of the whole group, then we'll, we'll be Mm -hmm. so much further along from the start of the whole conversation together. And I think it's also really important to revisit that list um, yeah. a lot of times mm-hmm. along the way to remind ourselves, how are we doing with these things that we all agreed mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I love that be- that the group does it together and they collaborate and brainstorm it together because um, as the facilitator, you do have a level of authority but you're not there to like lord it over them and say, well, this is how it's going to be, you know, but you're, you're coming in with that authority to share it and spread it out among the participants. And as they start to do those guidelines, then you're not the, you're not the only one that can say, Hey, let's go back to our guidelines. But once they come up with that list, then you've distributed some authority to them where if if they're starting to get out of bounds now they have that authority to say hey could we look at that list again yes and could we see like could we just do a check-in on our um on our guidelines because i'm not feeling super safe and i just like to revisit i think that is so empowering to the group it's almost like you're giving the group permission to to own it Yes. Yes. And I mean that, which then I think just adds to the safety. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's their group and they can own it and they can, they can, they have a voice. They can speak up when they're feeling like it's getting too much. Right. And they can also edit it at a later point, you know, and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I didn't mention this back the first week when we met, but yeah. now that I've been here yeah. a while, I'd like to add some things yeah. to it. And I always say people are motivated by what they create. Um, and so oh, th- like that, that motivates mm-hmm. them to then be a part of that learning process. Definitely. I love that. So what are some ways that you see? So we're talking about kind of a facilitator. And we're using the word facilitator yes. a lot. And, and authority and giving them some authority and, you know, really helping them find their voice. So let's talk about that word facilitator and that role. Um, What are some ways you see facilitated learning as distinct from like teaching a Bible study? You know, um, it's interesting because I think we even have to define what we mean by teacher. So, (laughs) you know, when I think of teacher, I think of either 
at our church, sometimes we would would um, download a video and we would watch a live broadcast mm-hmm. or we'd watch a teaching that was recorded by a woman who um, worked for a publishing company somewhere. And she would teach right. and then we would disperse mm-hmm. to go into small groups. So that's one kind of teacher. Right. Um, there's also the mm-hmm. live teacher that might go to the church who's standing right in front of you teaching. But then there's also mm-hmm. the woman who leads a small group who feels um, gifted in teaching or who has mm-hmm. done a ton of research um, and preparation. Right. And so feels that their role then is to actually speak to the women in the group and continuing the teaching process. So Mm -hmm. either way you look at it, the teaching part is one person is sort of the expert, the one who's more prepared and they're Mm -hmm. coming and Mm -hmm. they are sharing their knowledge with the group. And the group is a more passive participant, possibly taking notes, um, maybe making a comment here or there, but they're receiving the Mm -hmm. information. When you and I use the word facilitator, what we're talking about Mm -hmm. is someone who is an equal partner in the learning process, who's done their homework Mm -hmm. and prepared, but their role more is to throw out questions to get discussion going. They're learning right along with all the other members of the small group. And their role is not Mm -hmm. to be the expert or to do all the talking or to pass on information. Their their role is more to Mm -hmm. guide the conversation, ask really good questions, and to maybe reel it in a little bit if people get off Mm -hmm. topic. But it's more of a facilitated guide than a teacher role of a one-way street. Yeah, I love the the guide part of that where you're still doing you could still do like the same amount of homework and research and preparation and so you don't like pull back on that at all but you're doing that in order to invite and engage and really you know the the other ladies in the group they they're reading they're reading the same thing you are. They may not be studying it as in depth, but they've all got the content. And when we come together as um, the facilitator and the participants, we are coming together to say, okay, now we've all got this content. We've all got this material. Now let's wrestle Mm -hmm. with it. Let's, let's like really work it out and talk about it and engage with it as we engage together. And so it's, I see it as very um, almost tactile where we're really like massaging it and, and working it out and creating something from it uh, to walk away yes. different. It's, it's almost like we're processing together in real time um, based there on all go. the studying yes. that we've done. And we're having a discussion together mm-hmm. and I as the facilitator, I'm learning just as much as you are as we're discussing it. And I'm learning from you just as much as you're learning from me. Yeah. I read an article about a pastor who had taken this course um, uh, because sometimes, you know, we're women's ministry, but sometimes men um, come in and they, um, they take part in it and learn a lot from it. And so anyway, so he was, so this was a pastor and he was using this facilitated style. And so he's like years of like seminary and years of Bible teaching and study. 
and he prepares this lesson and he goes into it and he prepares his questions. And he said this, um, this woman came at the scripture in a particular way because of her particular experiences. And he said, I never would have gotten there because I didn't have her experiences. Mm. She taught me and the group so much just by the way she came at this, at the scripture, at the truth of the scripture, because of her life experience, he goes, I never would have been able to teach that. And if I did teach and I just told them all that I knew, we would have missed out. Oh, I love that. What a great example. A great story. Isn't that humble? I know. I love that. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, this is, this is so key to living life with each other and making disciples together because like we do depend on each other. Um, You know, she's going to benefit from his, maybe his extensive research and he's going to benefit from her particular perspective. And then another person's going to benefit from, you know, the, the faith journey or the um, experiences they've been on and how, how God's intersected in their lives. So I do love the diversity that that brings out, Mm. but facilitating is hard, Melissa. It is. Right. (laughs) It it is. Yes. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, it's, it is this art and science. And so um, it definitely doesn't come naturally, you know, to prepare kind of like, okay, so what's, what are the main themes? Like what's this passage or what's this chapter about? Um, So why do you think it takes skill and practice to do this well and to really accomplish these purposes? You know, Amber, that's that's a really great question. And I, I really think that part of what learning skills and practice does for us is it, it, gets us out of our own head and gets us out of our own way. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have a hundred thoughts going through my head right now, but um, <laughs> I think all of us naturally bring to the table um, just things that have worked for us in the past that um, mm-hmm. we're, we're willing to serve and we come and we say, okay, I'll be a facilitator. But my natural tendency when I get nervous is to, to talk, nonstop and have no clue that I'm going on and on and on and and nobody else has a chance (laughs) to talk or I might come Mm -hmm. to the table and my natural tendency when I get nervous is to get um, shy and stumble over my words and and not know Mm -hmm. what to say and then feel intimidated and so if I get some tools in my tool belt if I get some skills Mm -hmm. that I know how to handle different situations Mm -hmm. Or if I get practice mm-hmm. where I get some really good feedback, um, then when I get into those situations, I can kind of get out of my own skin a little bit and and pay attention yeah. to the process a little bit more and feel prepared mm-hmm. and also have my mind a little more quiet to really hear the leading of the Holy Spirit as I'm leading the group mm-hmm. so that I'm paying more attention to the dynamics that are going on and the ways in which the Lord wants to take the discussion and what things I need to pick up yeah. on out of what someone shares. So I think yeah. the, the, the tools and the skills 
they they make us better at what we do but i think that there's an emotional personal level to it that just gives us a little mm-hmm. bit of confidence and a little bit of yeah. openness to the spirit um in god and god using what we have as an offering instead of coming to the table thinking we've got it all figured out and i'm just and i'm mm-hmm. just going to wing yeah. it cuz i've done it a hundred times before and mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. slows me down a little bit helps me rely on the skills right. that i know and helps me just be better at asking better questions and listening better to conversation that's going on in the group. I think it gives us a framework also to let the group know where we're going and how we're going to go about this. Because so I have a, I have an analogy and so just stick with me. So when we, my family lived in England for a while and my husband and I wanted to just go explore because we're like, oh, we're in this beautiful little village. We're in Cambridge. And like, let's just go. Let's just walk. My kids hated this because we walked indefinitely (laughs) because they're like, where are we going? And we said, we're just going to go where we go and see what we see. And that drove them like out of their minds. They hated Mm. that. And I think, I think as, I think that's normal though. I think, you know, people in a small group hate that too, (laughs) you know, but if you can tell people like, say, um, like, this is where we're going to go and this is how we're going to get there. And Ooh, watch out for these three landmarks, you know, like keep your eyes out for these three things that we're going to discuss today on our little journey through this chapter or through this scripture passage. And so when we start to put women into leadership, whether it's leading a small group or leading a Bible study. If you can give her a framework to say, you know, like this is, this is where we're going to go and like watch out for these landmarks along the way, then she can be a great Mm -hmm. guide, you know, to the group and she can be, and she can kind of hang on to that framework as she goes, because so much now I want to hear your input on this. I hear so much from women that they're like, yeah, I was in the church and I was doing my Bible studies and I was going. And then all of a sudden the leadership taps me on the shoulder and they're like, Hey, we think you would be a great leader, great small group leader. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. And then they're like, but how do I do that? And so they're like, they're willing to serve and they're willing to jump in. But then they're like attending Bible study and leading Bible study. Like, how do I, how do I jump that gap? I think that um, that's a big question. And I think it's a really individualized Mm -hmm. question, but this is what I would say. Whether you are Mm -hmm. someone that got tapped on the shoulder, hey, you're a great member. I think you could be a good leader Mm -hmm. or whether you're a woman Mm -hmm. who's been leading Bible studies for 20 years. We, we all need training. We all need to learn skills. We all need Mm -hmm. feedback because Mm -hmm. we fall back into old patterns of how we lead. And I think Mm -hmm. that the best thing, honestly, this is the insight that hit me like way too late in the game and in women's ministries. But I realized that Mm -hmm. not only do we need small group facilitator training, 
We also need small group group participant training because we all need to learn yes. how to be better participants. And then when we learn how to be yes. a better participant, we understand better how to be a good facilitator. And there's so there's so much mm-hmm. overlap between the two. But just because you're a, mm-hmm. a leader of the church or just because you're a, a good participant mm-hmm. in a group doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great facilitator. There's, there's right. so much to learn. And I think sometimes it takes a little bit of humbleness to accept the fact mm-hmm. that you can get better and you can um, learn you, that you're it's never too old to learn or you're never too experienced to learn. Right. But we, we all need right. training in, in how to be better facilitators. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that from so many women that I've worked with in the last few years that are in their seventies, honestly. And we look at them as the pillars. These are the ladies that have brought up so many women. They've been teaching Bible studies. They've been faithful in their journey. They mentor people and they are starting to take these trainings, these modules that we offer through and trust because they're like, you know, Amber, I, I feel, figured it out as I went along and I muddled my way through, but they're like, this just brings it into clarity. Like this just gives me a roadmap that I could pass on yeah. to somebody else. And so one, I think they're so humble because they could just say, that's for y'all. Like I'm, you know, like I've figured, I've figured it out the way I need to, um, but they're super humble and that they're, they're open to, you know, more learning new skills and, um, and they're yeah. courageous to learn new skills and to maybe do something a little differently. And, you know, um, but here's a little, and, here's a little insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just me being gut level honest. When I first went mm-hmm. to entrust training, um, I literally was speaking to myself before I went and said, I don't need to learn how to be a better facilitator. I've been doing this for years. Granted, I had been, I had been director of women's ministries for over 10 years at my church and, and taught, mm-hmm. um, you know, we called them small group leaders at the time, but did the, tra- mm-hmm. but yeah. I wanted to go to learn how to better train my other people. And I, right. You know, was, thought I, I was, you know, great at it. And once I got a taste of what it's really like to be in a group where there's a true facilitator, Mm -hmm. I just had a completely different experience than I had ever had before. Mm -hmm. And by being a participant, it made me get a taste of something that I had never tasted before. And that made me want to go for as much training as I possibly could get for me because I saw such a huge difference in the way that Bible studies and small groups went when they were facilitated well. Okay. So let's talk about some basic skills that might be helpful for someone who's just starting to facilitate. So if they're saying, okay, I I get you. I hear what y'all are talking about. So what if I were to, you know, to start navigating towards a more facilitated approach? You know, what are two or three skills that we might want to focus on? 
I hope you are enjoying this conversation so far. Check out part two, where Melissa and I discuss these basic skills and principles that you can use today in your relationships and small groups. Some of the goodies we cover next time are the power of open questions, growing independence on the Lord as we step into leadership, and coming to conversations and discussions as equal learners. As always, thanks for sharing this space with me, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Sacred Spaces podcast. I'd love to stay connected with you on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Amber number four and trust. That's A-M-B-E-R number four E-N-T-R-U-S-T on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to know more about my ministry with Entrust, you can follow me on my website at www.amberforentrust.com. That's www.amber4entrust.com. Thanks everybody for joining me today. I hope you got some tools for your journey and I'll see you next time.